Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, to the podcast. Ooh, ooh, ah, let me rearrange a bit here. Excuse me. I'm holding a baby, it's a little bit awkward. Um, welcome back. We're talking about Sir Walter Scott. Discussion prompts was simply one crowded hour, a link to the YouTube of um, the Augie March song, One Crowded Hour, because somewhere in one of these poems was the line, One Crowded Hour of Glorious Life, and it reminded me of that song. It was a nice little song. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't think that the phrase originated from this poem. I think it preceded the poem. Um, but, um, yeah, I tried to Google it, and I just kept finding the song, which was frustrating. Swim says a mum fishy says Scott was a Scottish novelist, poet, historian, and biographer, who is often considered both the inventor and the greatest practitioner of the historical novel. The technique of the omniscient narrator and the use of regional speech, localized settings, sophisticated character delineation, and romantic themes treated in a realistic manner were all combined by him into virtually a new literary form. I know of Sir Walter Scott as a novelist rather than a poet. He started out as a poet, however, which made Scott's name well known. He made a lot of money from his writings, but lost it all in the great financial collapse of 1825. He then set to work with more writing to pay off his debts and unencumber his estate in which he was successful. All good on him. Um, we're not done with him, though, just yet. Because uh, how many did we read there? Well, we got up to answer, answer. Um, yeah, we've got a few more to go, um, but we'll get through it today. So there's three more to go, two short ones and one long one. The rovers are due. A weary lot is thine, fair maid. A weary lot is thine, to pull the thorn thy brow to braid and press the rue for wine. A light am I, a soldier's mine, a fe- feather of the blue. A doublet of the Lincoln green, no more of me you knew, my love, no more of me you knew. This morn is merry June, I trow, the rose is budding fain. But she shall bloom in winter snow, ere we two meet again. He turned his charger as he spake upon the river shore, he gave the bridal reins a shake, said adieu forevermore, my love, adieu forevermore. Patriotism, number one, innominatus. Breathes there the man with soul so dead, who never to himself hath said, This is my own, my native land, whose heart hath never within him burned, as home his footsteps he hath turned, from wandering on a foreign strand. If such there breathe, go, mark him well, for him no minstrel raptures swell. High though his titles, proud his name, boundless his wealth, as wish he can claim, Despite those titles, power and pelf, the wretch concerted all in self. Living shall forfeit fair renown, and doubly dying shall go down to the vile dust from whence he sprung, unwept, unhonoured, and unsung. Number two, Nelson Pitt Fox. To mute and to, ma- and to material things, 
new life revolving summer brings, the journey will call dead nature hears, and in her glory reappears, but oh, my country's wintry state, what second spring shall renovate, what powerful call shall bid arise, the buried warlike and the wise, the mind that thought of Britain's wheel, the hand that grasped the victor seal, steel, the vernal sun, new life bestows even on the meanest flower that blows. But vainly, vainly may he shine where glory weeps over Nelson's shrine, and vainly pierce the solemn gloom that shrouds, O pit, thy hollowed tomb. Deep graved in every British heart, O never let those names depart, say to your sons, lo, here his grave. Who Victor died on Hagarite wave, to him, as to the burning leaven, short, bright, resistless course was given. Wherever his country's foes were found, was heard the fated thunder's sound, till burst the bolt on yonder shore, rolled, blazed, destroyed, and was no more. Nor mourn ye less his perished worth, who bade the conqueror go forth and launched that thunderbolt of war on Egypt, Hafnia, Trafalgar, who, born to guide such high emprise, for Britain's weal and early wise, alas, to whom the Almighty gave, for Britain's sins an early grave, his worth, who in his mightiest hour the bauble held, the pride of power spurned at the sordid lust of pelf, and served his Albion for herself, who, when the frantic crowd amain strained at the sub Objections burst, bursting rain, over the their wild mood, full conquest gained, the pride he would not crush restrained, showed their fierce zeal a worthier cause, and brought the freeman's arm to aid the freeman's laws. Hadst thou but lived, though stripped of power, a watchman on the lonely tower, thy thrilling trump had roused the land. When fraud or danger were at hand, by thee, as by the beacon light, our pilots had kept course all right. As some proud column, though alone, thy strength had propped the tottering throne, now is the stately column broke, the beacon light is quenched in smoke, the trumpet's silver voice is still, the water silent on the hill. (laughs) Toby's snoring. Let's see if you can hear this. Probably not. Oh, think how to his latest day when death just hovering claimed his prey. With Palinur's unaltered mood, firm at the dangerous post he stood, each call... For needful rest repelled with dying hand the rudder held, Till in his fall with fateful sway the steerage of the realm gave way. Then, while on Britain's thousand plains, one unpolluted church remains, Whose peaceful bells never sent around the bloody toxin's maddening sound, But still, upon the hallowed day, convoke the swains to praise and pray, While faith and civil peace are dear, grace this cold marble with a tear, he who preserved them, Pitt, lies here. Nor yet suppress the generous sigh, Because his rival slumbers nigh, Nor be thy requiscent, requiscate dumb, 
lest it be said over Fox's tomb, for talent mourn untimely lost, when best employed and wanted most, mourn genius high and law profound, and wit that loved to play not wound, and all the reasoning powers divine to penetrate, resolve, combine, and feelings keen and fancies glow, thy sleep with him he who sleeps below, and if thou mournest they could not save from error him who owns this grave, be every harsher thought suppressed, and sacred be the last long rest here where the end of earthly things lays heroes, patriots, bards, and kings, where stiff the hand and still the tongue of those who fought and spoke and sung here, where the fretted vaults prolong the distant notes of holy song as if some angel spoke again. All peace on earth, goodwill to men, if ever from an English heart, oh, here let prejudice depart, and partial feeling cast aside, record that fox of Breton died. When Europe crouched to France's yoke, and Austria bent and Prussia broke, and the firm Russian's purpose brave was bartered by a timorous slave, even then dishonour's peace he spurned, the sullied olive branch returned, stood for his country's glory fast, and nailed her colours to the mast. Heaven, to reward his firmness, gave a portion in this honoured grave. And he and, and never held marble in its trust of two such wondrous men, the dust. With more than mortal powers endowed, how high they soared above the crowd. Theirs was no common party race, jostling by dark intrigue for place, like fabled gods. Their mighty war shook realms and nations in its jar, beneath each banner proud to stand, looked up the noblest of the land, till... Through the British world were known the names of Pitt and Fox alone. Spells of such force no wizard grave ever framed in dark Thessalian cave. Though his, his could drain the ocean dry and force the planets from the sky, these spells are spent, and spent with these the wine of life is on the lees. Genius and taste and talent gone, forever tombed beneath the stone, where, taming thought of to human pride, the mighty chiefs sleep side by side, drop upon Fox's grave the tear, twill trickle to his rival's beer, over pits the mournful requiem sound, and Fox's shell the notes rebound, the solemn echo seems to cry, here let their discord with them die, speak not for those a separate doom, whom fate made brothers in the tomb, but search the land of living men, where wilt thou find their like again? And that's the podcast. Very nice. Very nice. There were some lovely lines in that. And some words. You know, there's some of those words that are just like, ooh, that's a good word. You don't see that one enough. There was a few like that. All right. Well, see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.